<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not a die, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. Mom was like, oh, Felix is struggling. We're going to test him and we're going to get him some help, right? That's the guise of that, what they went to my mom under. And so I took this so-called test. And I remember going home for the summer. I was fifth grade. And... I had already been told that I had failed the fifth grade. Before then, I had never failed a grade. And so that was new to me, that I was going to have to repeat fifth grade. So I go home and I come back first of the school year. I go to the uh, fifth and sixth grade building. I immediately go to the fifth grade side because, hey, I I failed the fifth grade. Uh, It is what it is, right? And so I go. I could not find my name on any of the doors. And in that moment, my previous fifth grade teacher said, go look on the sixth grade hall. And I'm thinking, well, my name wouldn't be over there, right? Because I know I failed the fifth grade. And it was in that moment that I found out that I was in special education or what's known as resources. Mm. Before that, I had no idea. And I remember being in this thinking, oh, my God, what (laughs) what has happened? The joy of children laughing around you. These are the makings of you. It is true. The makings of you. What's going on, beautiful people? It's your host, Mr. D713, or Drake with Everything Culture. And we're back with another Makings of You. And I'd like to introduce this great fella, man. I I met him sometime on this application by the name of TikTok. And we shared um, a career path, you know, and so much insight, so much value, love of the community. But y'all know y'all going to learn more about um this individual here throughout this episode but i'd like to introduce y'all felix what's going on felix what's up what's up everybody what's going on my man chilling chilling happy you know been a yeah it's been a day but it's it's better it's better better. um i know we've been talking about having this conversation for some time and but not this conversation per se but a future conversation that absolutely wanting us back with and but you know how we do with all of our guests and our panelists that we must get to know them first. Mm. So, Felix, we talk. Yes, sir. You you haven't listened to Makings You. So let's let <laughs> you know this is all about you. This is your episode. Okay. Wow, I I'm honored, bro. Like I told you, I read the title. I was like, no, this is not all we talking about, right? So. Hey. 
So in my thing, I'm just going to be asking questions. You know, we're going to be, yeah. you know, I'm going to try not to share all my experience because this, once again, this is the makings of you. Nobody can tell Felix, no, nobody can tell the world about Felix better than Felix. That's how I feel. So we're giving the opportunity for you to share yes, it about yourself. Um, you know, I would say you can you can answer the question. Yes, no, I don't know. Uh, you know how court goes. Um, Listen, was just in court today. So I absolutely no. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, you know, this is you. So thank y'all. Yes, Ready? Let's get into the makings of Felix. Yes, sir. Let's get it. So, Felix, how do you define yourself? Uh, I absolutely would define myself as... Um, a person uh, that believes in people. Um, I would define myself as loyal, um, even if it's that's to a fault. I would describe myself um, as a man of God. I am um, religious. I'm a, a man of faith. Um, and I'm, I'm also a realist, right? And I like to see and meet people where they are. Uh, because I'm actually going to be who I am wherever I'm at. And so I like I, I would definitely describe myself just as just as this. I'm just this guy um, from a little small town in Mississippi, bro, um, that God has blessed to be where I'm at right now. OK, we love it. We love it. Okay, we get yeah. Great introduction. Um, what cultures do you represent? Um, I am a uh, black American, um, as well as Choctaw. Um, I probably have very little of that because it's, it's ciphered down, um, over the years, but my great grandmother, who is my grandfather's mom, um, was, uh, Caucasian and Choctaw. Um, and I was blessed to grow up with her. Uh, my great grandfather, her husband passed away two months before I was born. So I never got to meet my papa, uh, but my grandmother, my great grandmother, absolutely made sure we knew who he was. And so, um, so I'm, yeah, I'm representing Black America, Choctaw, um, and uh, Caucasian man, um, but definitely identify <laughs> uh, as Black for sure. Beautiful, beautiful. Where you from? I know you said Mississippi, but where? Yes, you? sir. I am from, I always give a quiz, right? But uh, for the sake of people that will be viewing. Um, so I'm from a little town called Philadelphia, Mississippi. Uh, and most people will say, oh, my God, I didn't know there was a, a Philadelphia in Mississippi, right? Um, but uh, especially among my, my black brothers and sisters, um, I always preface it with that it's nowhere to be the city of in and of itself uh, has a long history within the civil rights movement. Um, and if your viewers uh, have ever watched Mississippi Burning, that's where I'm from. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Get yeah. It. Okay. So, um, what is your? Do you mind sharing your age with us? Oh man, listen. God has blessed me. Two weeks ago, I turned forty-four, bro. Oh, turned forty-four, my guy. And 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 this is my second lease on life. Um, in twenty twelve, I was diagnosed with uh, soft tissue sarcoma, uh, and I was actually at stage four. Uh, when I was diagnosed, um, a family was called in, um, wasn't supposed to make it through the first night that I was in the hospital. My grandma was like, the devil is a liar. Uh, 
And um, here I am, you know, um, 10 years or more later. Uh, but yeah, so this is my second lease on life. But yeah, just turned 44 two weeks ago. Blessings. Happy birthday, yes, by the way. Shout out yes, sir. to my family and those prayers. You know, what's up, my fellow Leo? You know, yes, sir. You know, <laughs> we, we, we had a good season. It's our favorite season. It's our season. We still. <laughs> right, so I ain't even got to ask you your sign. That was the next question. Yeah, right, that. Right there. <laughs> so, how would you define your childhood and upbringing? My childhood um, was very rich. Um, it was rich in love. Um, and it was also some hard times. Um, I am, uh, the son of a single parent. Um, and I always like to let people know, yes, my mom raised me, but I absolutely knew who my father was. Um, but my mom raised me. She was the primary caregiver. Um, and so there were some tough times in there, but if we had nothing else, we absolutely had love. Um, my family is very affectionate. We're very close. Um, God has blessed us to live on our ancestral land. Um, my Just about my entire family that still remains in Mississippi live on our ancestral land. Um, and so we come from a really close knit family. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, I was, it was enriched. It was full of love, full of affection. Um, some heartaches here or there, but for the most part, I had a really good childhood. Wow. Wow. Love it. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have one blood sister or one blood sibling. She's my big sister. Um, she's married. Um, have an awesome nephew who's 14, um, who is an absolute genius. Um, and if you follow me on TikTok or any of my other social media, you will absolutely know that I love this kid with, with my very being. Um, and I have um, a brother, but he's not my blood brother. Uh, we have been friends for 23 years. Uh, and we have seen each other through some some good times and bad times and uh, our parents i have always recognized us as their child so it was never oh that's just a friend so I have one blood sibling and then i have an absolute brother that that um that should absolutely be a sibling i feel that strongly absolutely. yes sir all right so what all do you represent um what do you mean like <laughs> i can i can represent a lot Exactly. When you step out, like, hey, you know, what is Felix affiliated with? Yeah. So first thing Felix is, is going to always represent his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm unapologetic about that. Um, and so that's going to be the first thing you'll always witness about me. Um, I'm going to come down. I'm, I'm represent. As you can see, I got my fraternal letters on tonight. Um, so I'm going to always represent Phi Beta Sigma. God has blessed me and that I'm 22 years strong within the organization now. Um, I'm going to always represent Mississippi. Um, I cannot hide this accent from, from nobody. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to always represent the great state of Mississippi um, with all of her flaws. Um, that is home for me. Uh, I'm going to represent um, someone who absolutely cares about children and families, um, which I have absolutely made my life mission. Um, and and so those are absolutely some 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 of those key 
things I'm gonna represent. I'm gonna represent, you know, the big boy club. Uh <laughs> I, I'm Peter Tyler, you know, sometimes I'm in it, sometimes I'm not, but you know. <laughs> my scale tell me where I'm at though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um that that's that's what Felix is gonna always represent. I love it, love it. So far in your life, how do you feel about your education that you've achieved or received? Listen, so my my education to me, um, and, and I'm actually going to try not to get emotional on this part, but uh, my education welcome. means everything to me, uh, Drake, because um, most people won't, wouldn't even know this unless I told them, uh, but I actually don't even have a high school diploma. Right. I don't have a legit high school diploma. And it's like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? So, you know, around fifth grade, I started really struggling in school and um, uh, I went to a predominantly white school. Um, and so it was easy for us people of color to get lost in the sauce, so to speak. And so um, these people went to my mom was like, oh, Felix is struggling. We're going to test him and we're going to get him some help, right? That's the guise of that, what they went to my mom under. And so I took this so-called test. And I remember going home for the summer. I was fifth grade. And I had already been told that I had failed the fifth grade. Before then, I had never failed a grade. And so that was new to me that I was going to have to repeat fifth grade. So I go home and I come back. First of the school year, I go to the... Uh, fifth and sixth grade building. I immediately go to the fifth grade side because, hey, I, I failed the fifth grade. Uh, it is what it is, right? And so I go, I could not find my name on any of the doors. And in that moment, my previous fifth grade teacher said, go look on the sixth grade hall. And I'm thinking, well, my name wouldn't be over there, right? Because I know I failed the fifth grade. And it was in that moment that I found out that I was in special education or what's known as resources. Mm. Before that, I had no idea. And I remember being in this thinking, oh, my God, what, <laughs> what has happened? Um, and that's when I endured really the bulk of the bullying when I was in school, because here my friends was like, wait, Felix, what's happening here? Right. And so as we fast forward, I ended up staying in special education between sixth and ninth grade. Um, and I remember going to my mom, telling her I needed to test out because I want to go to college. Yeah. Um, and so I need to test out of this. And so in that span, it, that sixth to ninth grade, these people hoodwinked my absolutely hoodwinked my mom. My mom was working. She was trying to make sure we had a roof over our head, food in our belly, clothes on our back. So it was easy for these professionals to come in and say, oh, we can help him when in reality they was hurting me. Yeah. Um, but um, I get to ninth grade, um, I test out. But of course, by the time I get to 10th grade, I'd have missed a whole year of credits. Yeah. And I was in the 10th grade taking 9th grade classes. And so by the time I got to my senior year, I didn't have enough credits for a regular diploma. And so I actually had to receive a certificate of completion. And but I had three amazing teachers and I will never forget Arlene Brass, Olivia Hughes and Suzette Chan. I, as long as I live. I'll never forget those ladies. 
um, because they supported me and absolutely said, Felix, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, they paid for me to go to East Central Community College to get my GED. Um, the teachers paid for this, like, because wow. we want you to go to college. So I went past my GED the first time, didn't even have to do a retake. Um, and, and so I earned my GED. Uh, I went on to community college, earned two degrees from community college, earned my bachelor's degree from university. Um, and so my education, my knowledge, my intellect, uh, if you want to hurt me, that's where you can attack me at because I know I've absolutely worked hard uh, educational wise to get where to where I am at. Um, and this is like my I don't blame my mom one bit um, because she was she was doing what she thought was right. Um, and I remember when I got to my senior year of high school, and I, I don't want to take up a lot of time, but. Uh, uh, by the time I got to my your episode, <laughs> take some time in this is the by time I got to my senior year of high school, man, um, I needed to take the ACT, uh, and I remember going to the guidance counselor, who I'll never forget, and not in a positive way. Yeah. But I went to this guidance counselor. It's like, hey, I need to take the ACT. All my friends was taking it, and she was like, you don't need it. You you know you. You're not even gonna have a diploma. You can't go to college. College is not for. Matter of fact, her exact words words were, "College is not for you because you'll never be successful." Those were her exact words to me. So I went home and I told my mom. I was like, "Hey, this lady told me, whoop de whoop." My mom said, "Okay, I'll handle it." And I don't know what my mama went in that office and told that lady, but I know I went back to school the next week and absolutely took the ACT for free. Good. Didn't even pay uh -huh. for it. Um, and so that was the trajectory that God placed me in to put me where I needed to be, because I had always said I wanted to be in a position to help people who were like me. I grew up poor. Right. I talked earlier about we had a lot of enrichments. We had a lot of love. But we were we were poor. Um, we I have come home with with lights off. I've lived with with roaches. Um, I have had to go to the next door neighbor's house to eat dinner because we didn't have anything. I watched my mama cook a boiler of rice and it was just enough for me and my sister. So the way I live now, my life, right, is a reflection of that, that my mom raised us to be thankful and humble for what we do have. Uh, and I live a good life now, right? I'm, I don't want for anything. But I remember those days because it was those days that made me who I am. Um, and so, yeah, my, my education uh, is uh, absolutely um, paramount to me. And it's also an ode or a shout out to my mom. My mom grew up during the Jim Crow era and my mom was an absolute genius. Um, and I used to love to hear my grandmother talk about her. Um, and so my mom was an absolute genius, had a full ride scholarship to Alcorn State University and they integrated schools. And the moment they integrated schools, my mom lost her scholarship. And so she never got to go to college. And my grandmother and my grandfather, they got third grade education. So they didn't know, you know, they going 
to the man, like, hey, can you help my daughter? And it was like, oh, no, she don't need to do this. She can come work here. And so my mom wanted to be an interior decorator. And so one of the local business owners in our little small town of Philadelphia, who had absolutely the power to send my mom to school, chose or thought that it would be best for her to just come work for him and decorate his store and keep his store decorated as opposed to her going and earning her degree. Uh, and to just tell you how God works, I have a younger cousin, her name is Jada. Um, and Jada, some 40 years later, uh, is now in college to get her degree in interior design. Blessings. So you see how God just like bring things around. And she was so shocked even when she found out that's what my mom wanted to do in life. And it was and it's almost like a memorial to my mom that she's now going to have that degree. And man, first and first, first and foremost, thank you for sharing with us. Uh, yeah. everything. Thank y'all for listening. Um, once again, this is the makings of Felix with everything. <laughs> And uh, brother, like once again, we can talk a whole lot for everything you just covered, but we we got to keep it moving. Yeah, we got to keep it we, moving. That's we still we talking can. about you. We still talking about you. You just don't know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, so our next question is: When did you have your first sense of responsibility? My first sense of responsibility probably came around the age of eight, nine years old. Um, I, the home I grew up in, you know, being a product of, of, of a single mom, everybody had to pull their own weight. So my responsibility was cutting grass every Saturday morning. Uh, and I had to make sure the trash was taken out. You know, I was a little rotten because my mom made my bed. Matter of fact, my mom made my bed up even uh, all the way into college. So, yeah, but that's a whole other story. But uh, I never had to wash dishes, but my absolute, about eight, nine years old, it was cutting the grass and making sure the trash went out once a week. All right. All right. What was your first job? My first uh, job where I, they, I paid taxes. Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> first place you had to pay taxes. <laughs> was at the Sunflower Grocery Store on Main Street, Philadelphia, Mississippi. I was sacking groceries, $4.25 an hour. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't miss sack groceries no more. That's the thing. They only, they only have sack. That was my primary job was the sack groceries. And then back then we even took the groceries out to your car. I was telling somebody <laughs> that recently up here. They're like, where was that done? I'm like, yes. I think that was a Southern thing. I don't think they must have been. Because I'm like, <laughs> I'll talk to some people my age and older. And they're like, take groceries out to the car. I'm like, yeah. Like, yes. Once you put in your buggy and you paid for it, you didn't touch it until you got back No, home. that was it. That was it. Made sure it was double bagged. Oh, hey, <laughs> look, look. Uh, so much has changed over time. So much has changed. <laughs> yes. Okay. How were you disciplined growing up? Oh, man. My mom, was a she was a rough disciplinarian. Um, we absolutely got spankings. Um, as what we say in the South, we got whoopings. Uh <laughs> We absolutely got whoopings, but I can say that um, those whippings, uh, whoopings were absolutely coated in love. Um, I never remember my mom spanking me out of anger. Yeah. Uh, I never remember my mom abusing me in any kind of way. 
Um, and I can honestly say, and, and this is, I mean, my mom dead and gone, so I can say what I want to say about her, but I can absolutely say that my mom, every whooping I received, um, it was for correction because I absolutely had done something. So yeah, man, we listen, my mom was a no holds bar. My, my favorite stories I always talk about when I got a pair of shoes one year for school and I was mad those shoes came from Walmart and I was mumbling and grumbling about them shoes and our kitchen and living room was separated by a wall. I didn't know my mom was in the kitchen and I just remember a broom handle coming around the corner. Ah! So that was... <laughs> Today that would absolutely be abuse. Yes. <laughs> I would be knocking on somebody's door right now yeah. for that one. <laughs> I can't laugh too. I, I did abs yesterday. It's hurt for me to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I can't let out like I want to. Goodness, but I absolutely understand that. Yes, sir. Man, thank you. Thank you. Who has been the biggest influence in your life? <sighs> My biggest influence? Um... My biggest influence is probably I had a football coach uh, by the name of Scott Hill. Uh, he was an assistant football coach, um, white guy. And he was a young college student from Mississippi State University. And I hear I was this young 10th grader going into high school and somehow we connected. And um, this man absolutely supported me through high school, uh, supported me even into my first few years of college. Um, I went to college about about 90 miles from home and he would absolutely take me to campus on when if I went home on the weekends um him and his wife um would always put some money in my pocket um when I would go back to campus um and so Scott Hill was absolutely one of my biggest influencers shout out to Mr. Scott Hill thank yeah. you thank you all right if you could recommend a book a movie and a television series what would you recommend uh well if i a book i would tell you to go buy my book which is the helper needs help which is on amazon uh, but <laughs> helper needs help okay <laughs> uh on amazon you can absolutely pick it up there i think it's like three bucks so that it won't break the bank um but um i would probably say so I, i'm into mystery I, I read short stories, mysteries. And so one of my favorite authors is uh, Walter Mosley. And he has a series um, called the Easy Rawling series. Um, matter of fact, one of his most famous books is Devil in the Blue Dress, which was a movie that Denzel Washington was in. Was it also um, in Mississippi? Hmm? Did that take place in Mississippi as well? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Walter Mosley, his series, the Easy Rawlings series, I would absolutely recommend that. Um, I know y'all probably wanted like something more philosophical, but that's what I read. Uh, I would say movie. Um, I'll come back to that. I watch a lot of movies, but TV, I would say the Peaky Blinders, which is on uh, Netflix. Um, I just finished season six. Um, so, yeah, definitely the Peaky Blinders. Uh, oh, and movie would absolutely be Shawshank Redemption. Ah, uh, okay. Um, my boy Andy Dufresne and Reed. That is my favorite 
I, I was introduced to that movie when it came out in 1996, and it has been my absolute favorite since that day. Oh my God! What is the um, the author? Why am I forgetting his name? Oh, and that's and it's crazy. I cannot, I cannot remember the author of the book. And my, this was, I've never read the book. Okay, so it's not Wes Craven. What's the other guy? The Godfather of Horror. Um, I am so mad at my kid. He's still alive. Steven Spielberg. Not Steven Spielberg. Oh, what is his name? I know you're talking about. Oh, where's glasses? Yes, yes. <sighs> I, I want to say Ariel Stein, but I can get tore up for that. But oh my goodness. I, I see his face, but I cannot recall the name. I see his face. Oh my goodness. Stephen King. Ah, Stephen King. That's Stephen it. King. Okay. Stephen King. Once again, I'm, you know, shout out to Black Horror Humor. You know, I'm a horror movie aficionado. <laughs> uh, and with, you know, Shawshank Redemption, it, like, it's part of a whole universe. And yeah. Netflix, not Netflix, Hulu have a series by the name of um, oh, Castle Rock, I believe that's the name of it. And mm. they use the um, Shawshank Redemption Prison is in the series. Oh, wow. It's really deep. It's like, wow. I could go into it. So if, I don't know if you would do the horror thing, but if you check it out, like season one, because mm-hmm. um, Shawshank Redemption, um, Misery, and oh, I love misery. They they're all tied together. All this. Oh together. wow! Yeah, and they and wow. The was tying them together. So yeah, it's really a deep look. But okay, okay, we got Shawshank. Um, do we get the TV series? I think uh, you said Peaky yeah. Blinders. The Peaky Blinders. Blinders. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going with the helper needs help. For now, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I'm gonna let people look up. You know, we we'll, we we'll put. We got you. We got you. Okay. If you can call three people, whether you know them personally, you never met them before, being a celebrity, being fiction, being here, being gone, who three? What, what three people would you call? Or which three people would you call? The first person I would call would be my great-grandfather, Wilson, uh, Papa Bud Moore. Um, one, because I never got the opportunity to meet him, uh, but he left a legacy for my family um, that we enjoy to this day. Um, so I would absolutely love to speak to my pawpaw. Um, I would call, um, I'd probably call and speak with, I'd probably call and speak with Frederick Douglass. And, and, and I know that's like one of those, oh, okay, that's a given, right? But I, I have so many questions that I'd like to ask him, especially as he matriculated through like those political worlds while still being black. Right. And what toll did it really take? like people can write books about it in TV series, but like to hear his words of what it would like to be black and still navigate those worlds, um, especially as someone like myself, who now navigates a world much like that. Yes. Right? He needed, so, he needed his makings of you. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I would probably call and talk to... 
and 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 all of my people are, are deceased, but I would I would call uh and and I would want to talk to my uh five time uh great grandfather Hillary Moore. Mm-hmm. Um Hillary uh escaped from the Moore plantation in South Carolina. Um and I would love to speak to him. Um, as he would be a absolute direct um, conduit to um, the motherland and can talk about his thoughts as he brought this family, as he, what was his mindset the night or the day that he escaped this plantation Mm. and said, I'm going to do better for my family. Mm. Um, And so I would absolutely love to speak with him. Wow. Absolutely beautiful, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Once again, y'all, we are listening <laughs> the makings of Felix. Um, here with Everything Culture. Y'all make sure to, you know, share this episode, tell your folks, tell your people, leave a like, a comment. And yeah, thank y'all for being here. Thank you for tuning in and joining us. So, what has been an impactful moment in your life? Impactful moment. Um you shared some already with us, but do you have another you'd like to share? Probably my most impactful moment um, would come around 2001, 2002. Uh, my mom uh, was living then um, and she had a stroke. Um, I was still in college. And my sister, um, who had won a scholarship to Georgia Tech graduate school, um, and she, her goal was to be in mass communications. She wanted to be really on the soundboard at the news stations. Yes. And this was her ultimate dream. This was what she, the moment she had worked for. And my mom had a stroke. I was still in college. And um, we had to make a decision. Mm. Um, because one of us uh, would absolutely need to be the caregiver. And um, my uh, my sister uh, walked away from her dream and came home back to Mississippi. And I remember I my plan was to drop out of school um, because somebody needed to get a job. Somebody need to make sure the mortgage was going to get paid uh, and there was going to be food on the table. And so I made the decision. I remember going to my dean, um, dean of students, Dr. Buckaloo, and it's like, yeah, I'm leaving school. This is what's happening. And all these professors like, no, don't do this. this what good is it going to be to go get a job at McDonald's? And um, I, My sister um, said, OK. You can come home for a semester. And so I went, I got a job and semester was going by. Summer came, it was time for band camp. And my letter for band camp came and it went to my my mom's house. And so my sister intercepted it, read it. I was in Birmingham, Alabama and my sister called and said, um, you, your letter for band camp, your Rome assignment, and this, that, and the other. So 
it's, it's time for you to, you know, head back. And I said, oh, no, I'm yeah, not going yeah. to school. What are, you, what are you talking about? I'm not going back. And my sister flat-footed cussed me out and said that you're going to take your ass back down into that school. And um, I went back and absolutely would not be who I am today um, without my sister making that decision. Um, and so that is my most impactful moment. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Man, you you sure you ever listened to the makings of you before? <laughs> and shout out to the sister, man, for yeah. flat footed cussing you out and making yeah. sure in the business. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. What is your theme song? My theme song. <laughs> uh, right now, my theme song is Mopstick. Uh, with Kodak Black and oh, listen, I don't think a lot of people would have got that. <laughs> listen, Ooh. gotta love the versatility. You feel? Oh my God, that thing hitting so hard. But I know that it would. <laughs> hey, hey, once again, this is the making of Felix. Ain't once again, ain't um, can tell you what your theme song is. You know? <laughs> we love it. That thing hitting so hard right now. But uh, it it probably would be. Um, um, <laughs> so I, you know what? I honestly don't know. Um, I listen to a wide array of music. I listen to gospel, um, trap, R&B, um, some country, um, and, uh, I, I don't know that I have a specific song that would absolutely be what I would walk in the door in or go on. Um, I, <laughs> I, this, so when I became a member of Phi Beta Sigma, we have, you know, f- probates and those who know what that is, you absolutely know what that is. Um, and so I remember being this 20 year old, 21 year old kid uh, running out on the tunnel to juvenile back that thing up. And so, <laughs> Oh my! So I can tell you, if that song comes on, I'm I'm gonna absolutely lose it because that song means so much to me uh, over the last 22 years. So yeah, God, it's crazy how old that song. I, is, I mean, man. I, think, I, I think that song means a lot to a lot of folks. You know, <laughs> I was like, man, I, I got some memories and stories to back. Yeah, you know, let me tell you, you know, that was one of the first. I remember. I went, you once again, it ain't about the makings of Drake, you know. <laughs> I, one of the first concerts I went to in my life was in 2000. Like, it was, it was 99 or 2000, one of the two. Mm-hmm. But it was Aaliyah, Casey, and, oh, Joe, man. and um, Juvenile. And in that, like, when back that, you know, that, you know, that thing of yeah. first first came out, oh, brother. Yeah, couldn't stop nothing right there. Good times. Good times. Good times. Okay, okay. Um, how do you define joy? I define joy with um actually I mix it with pleasure. And I mix and and even in pleasure, those things that I find pleasurable, that's where I find joy. Um I find joy in worship. Uh, when I'm in in service or even in in my car driving down 270 going to work 
Um, I, I define joy and pleasure, you know, again, uh, to me, that's interchangeable. Um, and when I'm able to connect with my friends, um, connect with loved ones, um, when I have a success story on my job, um, and you know, those are few and far between in what we do, right? Don't get me started. Uh, so, um, that's how I define joy. I've, you know, watching my uh, my nephew become the man that he will absolutely be, um, um, I find joy, uh, and, or define joy rather, um, as as yeah, those things that I absolutely find pleasurable. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you, thank you. What privileges do you benefit from? You know, this is a hot topic, right? <laughs> Um, you know, being, being a man or of the male species, if you will, um, you know, there are some, um, real and perceived, um, privileges that come along with that. Um, and I just, you know, even growing up, I remember that was things that my sister would absolutely get dogged out for that. My mom was just like, oh, he's just being a guy. He's just being a boy, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, currently, honestly, um, my current position, being a man um, is absolutely a privilege. Um, and outside of my skill set, my degrees, that's probably what got me through the door. Um, and because in my profession, men are few and far between. And so most, most places, black men, black men, uh, are few and far between, as my grandmother say, slim to none. Um, and so that has absolutely afforded me some privileges. Um, and there are some things that I have seen, even my coworkers, uh, kind of gets, I'll use the word scolded. Um, and I've gotten grace because I was a man. A black man, right? And so, yeah, that that <laughs> that would definitely be some privileges that I have um, I've been afforded. Um, and people may say, "Well, black men don't get have privilege." We absolutely do. Um, man, but, levels. Of, you know, right? Yeah. So let me stop. Let me stop. That's a whole we'll talk about time, that later. Right? We'll talk about that later. That- <laughs> we, we we shall talk about it. Though. We shall. Yeah. We shall. But thank you. <laughs> And what areas do you need to heal? In the area of disappointment. Um, I talked earlier about my childhood and kind of some of the things. Uh, I talked a lot about the good things, right? Um, But there are absolutely some dark days. And so as a result of those dark days, I struggle with trust and disappointment. Um, And so those are are areas where I am constantly seeking healing um, because, you know, you want to let people in, right? And so because this fear of disappointment, um, you hold people at bay. And so, yeah, that's, that is definitely an an area where um, I struggle and am definitely seek healing from, um, 
is disappointment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And what areas or matter of fact, let me switch that up. What or who makes you feel safe or secure? Um, my grandmother, um, uh, my grandmother absolutely made me feel safe and secure, um, because I did not have to be pretentious. I did not have to pretend. I didn't have to put on airs when I spoke with her. I lost my grandmother two years ago. Um, and she was absolutely my safety net. And, and if I be honest to our viewers tonight, um, there may even be an area where I now, um, struggle because I no longer have that safety net. Yeah. yeah. And once again, thank you for your transparency here. Um, man, man, it's, I mean, this is why we have these type of conversations. Yeah. Not just to, first, to. One of my cousins said, he hasn't been on the show yet. He know who I'm talking about. <laughs> it kind of serves as almost, I said, I used to say like a mirror. He said, no, it's more yeah. like a window. Because you can yeah. see to the future yeah. and you'll be able to see yourself at the same time. Yeah. And I usually tell people, make sure to bring your clinics before you Listen, come. Listen, <laughs> I'm going right. to see you. Hey, <laughs> you ain't the only one. I'm going to see you some other episodes. That I'm like, hey, when you say you haven't listened, I'm like, okay. <laughs> we good I'm going to listen tonight <laughs> because people need to know more about us I like yeah. this is a podcast to get to know people you know yeah. this is our purpose um, but thank you we got you know a few more questions you rocking and rolling I'm, I'm game I'm game bro thank you thank you um, when did you realize you were different Um, probably somewhere around like maybe 10, 11, um, I knew that I, um, I, at that time, I was absolute church boy. Um, I was a mama's boy. I absolutely stayed under my mama's coattail, my grandparents, great-grandparents' coattail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I was different um, because there were things that my friends cared about that did nothing for me because um, I was totally committed to this world of ministry, if you will. Um, and I'm sure at, at that age, I didn't know to call it that. Um, but I always knew I wanted to help, um, which is something I mentioned earlier. And so uh, one of my favorite stories I like to talk about is my great grandmother, which was my grandmother's mom. So I grew up with both sets of great grandparents, by the way. So I was absolutely blessed. Yeah. <laughs> um, my great grandmother had a next door neighbor named Miss Susie. Uh, and I always would go and help Miss Susie with her groceries. I get a little, little pocket money as we called it. Mm. Um, but then I found myself going across the street to Miss Fronia's house and taking her gro- her trash out. Then I'd go down to Miss TC's and pull hers out. And I'd go up the street to Miss Hudson. And I remember all of these women, right? Because it just became, it was, nobody asked me to do it. Um, and so I realized I was a little different. And as I got older, it became evident that I was absolutely going to be different than most people around me. Mm. Yeah. So it's, that, it's that narrow path. Let's say yeah, that. yeah. 
that road less traveled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but thank you, thank you. Um, and what traditions do your culture hold when it comes to death of someone passing? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the step by step traditions that you think of? Um, so, well, you know, once the death occurs, everybody knows the first step is all right. Whose house are we meeting at? Um, where is the fish fry gonna be? Um, because that that's just pretty much how it's gonna go down. Um, whose house are we meeting at? And then we're gonna figure out who's gonna do what um, in the service, right? And so we have the service, have the repast, um, but we always talk about the good memories. Um, my, I recently had a cousin pass away in May of this year. And um, when you grew up the way we did it, back in philadelphia our cut as cousins were more like brothers and sisters because we just all grew up together and i was a couple of years older than him uh, but we were absolute best friends uh he passed away in may and um i remember going home and my my uncle uh (laughs) getting the family stuff but my uncle was his first cousin but he was my age. So (laughs) I got it. I got it. I got it. And he told a story. And so I I got tasked to speak for the family um, at this service, uh, which was hard. Um, And I remember just saying, what can I say about Joshua? And my uncle told the story while we were at the fish fry (laughs) out in the barn um, of just a few days prior to Joshua passing, they had gone fishing, and but they were in a small body of water. And Joshua was like, you know, cuz I want, I want to go, I want to get, get one of them big mouth basses, you know. And my I, my uncle tells tell is telling this story, and he said, I told Joshua that I would take him to the big water, and we'll get him a big mouth bass. And so as I I pondered on that, and here I am, got to speak for the family, um, and I'm writing this down, and it just dawned on me that, and and I remember I I was speaking to my uncle at the service, although I was speaking to the crowd, and I called him by name, and I told him that, you know, it wasn't for you to take him to those big waters, because the greatest fisherman of all was going to take him to those big waters. And so that, that is like part of our, at least my family is, so there's always a representative that speaks for the family and, it, and it's a big deal. Um, and I've now done it <laughs> so many times that it's almost like it's automatic. Felix is going to do this, right? Um, but that that's our traditions. You know, once the notice is gone out, we're going to figure out whose house we're going to, who's frying the fish, Um and we're going to laugh and we're going to have some moonshine and we're going to, you know, eat good. Um, and then we're going to mourn with each other. Yeah. Man, thank you for sharing once again. I, <laughs> seriously, I really appreciate this um, exchange of cultures. This is, yeah, we greatly appreciate that. Um, what are you responsible for? I'm responsible for me. No. <laughs> hey, step number one. What, Listen. What, what, step one. 
my granddaddy would say a man don't work he don't eat so i am responsible for me um but um i have a lot of responsibilities um i um serve as um, an associate minister at my church um and so i happen to be the dean of christian education which is sunday school um and so i'm responsible for that every week um to make sure that that happens um for this awesome ministry that i'm a part of um i within my organization um, i I'm serve as vice president of the local chapter um i serve as um, a regional officer so i am responsible for every collegiate member in the western half of the united states uh as well as middle east and um japan and korea um i uh on my job i'm responsible to make sure that children are safe and not neglected and or abused um and i am responsible for being an example to my 14 year old nephew um who has an absolute awesome dad by the way but i've taken on this responsibility um and um because i want to see nothing but the best for him and um that yeah those are the things that i i am currently responsible for <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> oh no hey look once again we're gonna talk about that later, talk about that later. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you all right so you have a biopic that's being made about you okay who would direct it and who would <laughs> you play you all right so it's funny me and my best friends that we've actually had this conversation um and so uh Forrest Whitaker would absolutely play me. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, when I was prepping thinking of this question, I promise you, I like he gonna say Forrest Whitaker. I like I wish I could yeah. hold it down and just showed you. That's I, I like, man, because you you remind me it's a movie that he played and your demeanor and your status. I was like, oh, it, it gotta be one of the Whitakers. It gotta, gotta be one. From yeah. the South too. Yes, yes. And he's my frat brother. So, so, but yeah, Forrest Whitaker would absolutely play me. Directing, um, you know what? I'd want Jordan Peele to direct this because I think he would add a twist uh, to how things not only start, but how it ends. And so I would absolutely love for Jordan Peele to direct this. Like, if y'all could have read my mind. Because <laughs> I was like, man, because every time I ask this question, all these questions, I always think about mine as well. Mm-hmm. And I like, because I just added, I said, man, I would put Jordan Peele on mine too, because it's the exact same reason yeah. I want to be. And when you said mystery, that's why I was like, he's going to make you think. He's going to make it yeah. circle. But yeah. Uh, Okay, good. Love it. <laughs> we, got, we got a few more, few more. All right. <laughs> so, if you're wealthy beyond any means, money was not an issue. You could do whatever you wanted to, but you had to have one job. You had to keep one career. What would you do? You know what? I would do just what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's serving the children and families of the state of Colorado. Wow. Um, yeah, absolutely. Wow, oh, man! Hey, I'll make sure to clip this and send it to your employer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and is he yes. over here? Like, 
Like, I ain't going nowhere. Hey, that's real, man. I love it. Yeah. It's beautiful, and it's absolutely needed. Um, you know, once again, we're, we're going to have a... I'm going to let y'all know right now, whoever making through this episode, you're here right now. We're going to have an episode uh, with caseworkers. And Felix is going to be one of those caseworkers to talk about our experience being a social worker, child welfare. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you know, that's one of the main things I tell people. Like, you have to have a true passion doing this work. Yes. You have to have a yes. heart. It does not pay the best. Let me tell you. No, that. it don't. <laughs> but if you're here to save souls and save lives, this is the real work that you get into. So once again, that's thank it. you for doing what you're doing. Yes, Man, sir. Real for real. Oh, goodness. All right. If you can, you got you got two options with this one. This is like you got to pick one or the other. Oh man! <laughs> Would you rather go back in time and talk to your younger self, or rather have your future self and come and talk to you now? I would really like to go back and talk to younger me. Mm, um, young younger me struggled with um, self image. Um, mm. younger me struggled with uh, being confident and strong mm. uh, and I actually just made this a Facebook post today um, um, there's a picture that I have of me I was about 14 years old uh, and I'm smiling in this picture but that was probably one of the most depressed moments of my life Wow! wow, wow. and um um and I, I made a, a side by side of Felix today, Felix then, um, and I and I've recently, honestly, have been saying that um, if Felix then would have had the confidence that Felix now has, I would have been something to reckon with. Um, but there are a lot of factors that made that Felix who he was. But I'm so thankful. Because I'm now the Felix that I am. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know y'all loving it, but we love it. So, my favorite question. Mm -hmm. Your last meal. (laughs) What I'm having. What you're having and who's making it for you. It could be. Oh, my God. First of all, my mom. My mom has to come back and cook it. Um, because every year up until she had her stroke, um, and I was about 23, I think 22, 23 at the time, um, every year on my birthday, um, especially once I got maybe to about nine, 10 years old, I always had fried pork chops, candied yams, field peas and cornbread and a banana pudding every year on my birthday. And that would absolutely be my last meal. In the summer, too. Like, In the that summer. Was, that like, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad at it. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Oh, man. Yes, sir. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Man. How would you want people to remember you? I would want people to absolutely remember me um, for being a man of my word. Um, When I was young, um, my grandfather, uh, Levi Sr., 
he said to me some words that um, I've never forgotten. And um, I know I talked about how important my education was, um, but my name means everything. And my grandfather um, said to me, he said, Felix, we ain't got a lot of money. Don't have a lot of material things, but we do have a name. And that name means something. And you are to always protect that name. And I'm proud to be a Moor. Uh, I carry that name um, with a badge of honor. Um, and um, my uncle, who was more like a father figure to me, I remember as a freshman, um, 18, 17 year old kid, because I hadn't even turned 18 yet, um, dropping me off at college on the sidewalk. And he shook my hand and, and said, don't bring no shame to your family. Mm. Those were his parting words to me. That was 30 years ago. Mm. And couple that with what my grandfather told me as a kid. Um, I would want people to remember me as a man of my word, um, as a man of valor. Um, and, I'm, uh, and it absolutely. And yeah, that's how I would want people to remember me. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Last question. You've been <laughs> rocking it, man. You've been doing it. Almost done it. Okay. What changes are you bringing to your culture? Accountability. Mm. I think that's the part of the day. Like, that is the, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, as a black man, uh, we talked earlier about those privileges, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and although we are the most despised, most haunted, um, and even ridiculed being, we absolutely have this uh, patriarchal privilege, which causes us not to be held or think we ought to be held accountable. Um, and, and as I spoke earlier about being a man of my word, and how I want to be remembered. Uh, integrity and valor, right? Um, it's being accountable. Um, and that's absolutely me. If I mess up, I don't have no qualms whatsoever about saying I screwed up. Um, and I think if you spoke to anybody who knows me personally, that's exactly what they would tell you. Um, and so, yeah, accountability, man. Um, um, it's absolutely <laughs> my word in this moment wow. and what I bring to the culture. It is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. You did it. You Listen, did it. this was, this was an absolute honor, brother. It was an absolute honor. Hey, it's all ours, man. You've made it the <laughs> makings of Felix. <laughs> culture. Oh, man. I, once again, this is something that this is my baby, this whole podcast. And but 
my goal is getting to know people like this, you know. So when we have our panel discussion and people are listening to what you're saying, they're like, who the who is this guy right here? Like, <laughs> Gotta go listen to the making of the Felix to get to know a little bit, just a little bit more about him. This is doesn't yeah. mean everything, but this is quite a bit where we come from, or where you come from, be more, be more specific. But Felix, if the people are looking for you and you're trying to mm-hmm. be found, where can the people yes, sir. find you? Uh, you can absolutely find me on Facebook under Costrell, C-O-S-T-E-R-R-I-L-L. Um, my grandmother gave me that name. Um, it's my middle name, actually. Um, and so you can find me on Facebook under Costrell, as well as IG. Um, you can look your boy up on TikTok because I am your neighborhood social worker, Mr. Social Worker 12. Uh, <laughs> And um, you can even find me on Snap uh, at Blue B L U the number twelve M A B. Okay, I love it, love it. And y'all, y'all know where y'all can find us. You know, I am Drake with Everything Culture. You can find us anywhere you listen to a podcast with Everything. That's a A, not a I. Okay, not a I. No, South Sea country till I die. Um, you can find us on TikTok, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Pinterest, almost anywhere on social media, we're there just typing everything culture. And always you can go to our website at www.everythingculture.com. We appreciate your support. Make sure to like, share, follow, uh, leave a comment on uh, iTunes. You can leave comments on Spotify now. It goes a long way in the support for this platform and for this podcast. But once again, I want to say thank you so much, Felix, for your time tonight. Thank you for being here, sharing yourself and your soul and your spirit because it's going to resonate with so many people out here. So once again, thank you and thank everyone that's listening and supporting. God bless. Peace.